everybody, welcome to the Clear Tai Chi Mastermind meeting um, and podcast, uh, vidcast for Friday, April 16th, 2021. That's when we're filming this uh, or recording this for you. And the uh, topic today is rooting a better understanding. And so first, a word from our sponsor. I have a video that is called, Clear Tai Chi has a video that is called The Root of Internal Power. And it is about rooting and building, how to build really rooting skill and then things that you can do with rooting. And so that video, I had taught it for years and didn't have a way to convey it to people that I was talking to long distance, even over Zoom and stuff. I had to put hands on so that people could feel it and do it back and forth. And in that video, what I figured out to do was I took two people who did not have any rooting skill, put them together. I did not touch them. And I taught what I would go through with somebody and through a series of about 30 exercises so that by the end of the thing, they were both rooting uh, to the degree that they could at that time. You have to build the skill after that with the, with the training that you have. So in other words, you have to practice. Uh, but they were actually both rooting down into the ground where they were doing it substantially more than most uh, Tai Chi folks that I've met who think they can root do and um and they had some skill understanding with it and some things that would go on and were actually able to play and i did it by not putting hands on them so that that way when you're watching at home you go through the same drills the same way as what i'm having them do and i'm explaining it directly and now you're going to be able to build that rooting skill and yet you won't have to have you will need another a partner but the partner doesn't have to have any more skill than you've got uh, rephrase that the partner can be somebody that's just, uh, you know, uh, off the street, um, that doesn't have any skill at all, as long as they will do the drills with you, um, like that. And then you're able to build rooting skill. And so that's at clearmartialarts.com and it's the root of internal power. Thanks. All right. So today with us, we've got, um, let's see, I'm going to go by the list. Art, you're first up on the page there. So we've got art. Don, he is in the Washington, D.C. area. Welcome. Hi, everyone. I'm Art Don in Greenbelt, Maryland. That's about 10 or 12 miles east of Washington, D.C. Welcome. And we have Harry Legg in Florida, New Jersey, outside of New York City. Hello. Thank you there, Sifu. Welcome, welcome. Yep. And we've got Mark Mashad in Michigan. He can tell you what part. Hi. It's uh, going to be... Grand Rapids and Lansing area. Welcome, welcome. And Jim Kelly in Boca Raton, Florida and other areas down there in South Florida. How you doing, Sifu? Hello, everybody. Yep, down in South Florida. Like I said, uh, 87 degrees and sunny. Sorry, sorry Mark in Michigan. <laughs> uh, the, uh, and then uh, Matt Holker, the regional organizer for Maryville, Tennessee, outside of Knoxville. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome, thanks for welcome. Joining. And let's see here. Philip Chan in Columbus, Georgia. Hello. Hi, Art. Uh, I'm sorry. Hi, hi Phil. Uh, and then, um, oh, it scrambled everything around. Ty Talbert in Colton, California. And I'll let him tell you where else he's at out there. Hello, everyone. I am in Colton, California, and I also teach classes in Redlands, California. In Redlands. Welcome, welcome. 
and Sheila Bell in Costa Rica, and I'm going to let her tell you what parts. Hey, everybody. Um, so I'm in the northern Pacific area of Costa Rica called Guanacaste, and I teach in Laveria, in Playa Sococo, and in Playa Panama. Good to be here. Welcome. And did I leave anybody out? Okay, and I'm Richard Clear, your host, and you probably knew that already, but anyway, so rooting a better understanding. So let me start with this. In our system, in Clear Tai Chi, uh, root, let me back up even before that. Rooting is one of the 36 primary gens in, in Tai Chi. There are, people are commonly familiar, if you know about Jing, with Hung Lu Ji On. Those are the first, commonly the first four. And then the next set there are pluck, split, elbow, and shoulder. Although uh, bump would be a better one than shoulder, sort of, because it's more than just your shoulder. And for elbow, there's some other odd and things going on, but those are kind of less energies. Bump, bump is okay. And then some of the energy you put in with the elbow. Anyways, they're a little bit odd for what the Jing actually is. And then you've got Jings like electric and magnetic and spiraling and coiling and waving and um, GNC Jing, which is their silk reeling and um, a bunch of others. And rooting is one of those. And root and there are 36 primary, like there's primary colors. There's your primary jings, and there's 36 of them. And then there's other methods and expressions and things other than those primary 36. Rooting is something that most people in serious indoor, the real Tai Chi, have at least some knowledge about or, or some of it going on in their Tai Chi, Tai Chi twin. Um, and basically the beginning of it is that the weight is all underside and down underneath of you and that you get it down into the ground instead of standing on top of the ground. And then you get it deeper and deeper and deeper and you do training to get that. And that once you get that root deeper, one of the things that's happening is that you're building your mind, your E, your mind intent, your, your mind skill and ability equal to the amount of root drop you have. And the, one of the, my favorite sayings about it is that um, in Tai Chi, you learn to manipulate energy in yourself primarily first and then outside yourself, both for healing and for martial art. And that people want to be able to manipulate energy and do it on the horizontal because that's probably where the other person is, whether you're doing healing or, or fighting. Um, but it's actually... Any other direction, like the thing that I ask people is that if you're going to do something, if you're going to like drop something, if you're going to do something that involves moving, what direction is the easiest? And the answer to that is down. And by the way, on, Peng Luji on, has to do with up and down as well. The difference is, is that on has to do with up and down exchange. And that's a fairly advanced uh, understanding because most people think of on as um, like push, right? But it's not a push like just pushing somebody out. That wouldn't be an energy expression other than, okay, I just pushed you. It's too, um, they're all, most of the energies are much more um, intelligent than that, than that simplicity. It's a push more like the push of a shovel for on down in digging into the dirt and then lifting it up. And it has to do with that exchange 
from down to up like pistons. Anyways, for rooting, it really is about dropping the energy itself down into the ground and then building your mind skill and mind knowledge. You're dropping, the energy dropping is the easiest kind of a manipulation that you can have for moving energy, that kind of volume like this because gravity is helping you. Once you've dropped that energy a good bit, it becomes fairly easy to do a number of pretty impressive things with it. Um, and if you wanted an example of it in nature, think about like if you ever try to pick up, if you've got a cat or had house cats and they don't want to be picked up, but they're just laying there and they're not fighting you for it, but they make their body go very, very heavy and you pick them up and you can feel that. Same thing with little kids. If the little kid doesn't want to be picked up and they hunker down in a certain way, um, they can feel like they weigh a ton and it's because of the way that they're dropping their body weight. And it's somewhere between the time when we were little, little kids and being a uh, 10 years old, most people forget how to do it. They just don't do it anymore. And they, or somebody beat it out of you, like quit doing that, you know, at the age of two, three, four, and then you don't do it anymore. And then you forget how, by the time you're six, seven, eight, you don't, you don't do it anymore. For both my kids, they can still do it really well all the way through because they taught them, you don't do that if I'm trying to get you to do something, but by all means, make sure you can keep doing that, right? And so there it is. Um, anyways, you can use the root skill then to play other kinds of games and to interact with the energy of the other person in a number of different ways, including coaxing their, their energy state for healing purposes too. Um, leading it, directing it, getting it to do different things um, and that kind of thing. And you build your e-skill with it and all of that. Anyways, um, and so it's a very different styles will have an emphasis on different aspects of, or specific Jing as sort of their primary first thing. In clear Tai Chi, rooting Jing is one of our very first ones. If you go to like Chen style, where you're really seeing the very windy silk reeling that's there the whole time, a lot of times they'll have silk reeling exercises and their first primary jing, not always, but quite commonly, is Jian Si Jin, silk reeling jing that has to do with the spiraling connected body action. And so that usually is their first one, not always, um, but it's, it's one of the early ones you get. And so for us, one of the early ones you get is rooting and you build that and then you continue from there. Why is rooting one of our primary, like so important to us? Why do we start with that and not any of 10 others? And in terms of something we're gonna build to a higher level of skill. Well, there's several reasons. One is, is that a lot of people do Tai Chi where they got what they think is this float soft quality of Tai Chi and they're waving their hands around. And unfortunately it's really not float quality it's a it's a collapsed movement where they're moving and it's collapsed and you can tell that because then if you say we'll apply power through that and they can't and a proper a proper true float you can put hands on with somebody and they will be affected by it all right so so basically what happens is that with rooting um then and getting it heavier and down into the ground, you start getting into the energetic quality and it's a way to get there very quickly. And most people have felt the kind of feeling that this is at some time or another. They may not have felt it deep or much, but they have felt it. And, 
And then when you get the heaviness going on, there's a lightness that comes out of that as a, as a, as a, like an, a response through the body on the energy. And so it's heavy, completely heavy at first and really dropping and all that, but you start to build the, the, the depth with it and some ability with it. And you start to get a sense of the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, the, the floating and that lightness along with that. And then that begins to, to give you this, that, that dichotomy begins to then become your ability to do some other things, other energies and other aspects of the Tai Chi practice. Anyways, um, they're still working with the internet here. So you may hear some things going on in the background while they're doing that. So anyways, um, so we get the rooting going on. And one of the things that happens is that you can take somebody that's got like Jan Si Jing and somebody can put hands on with them and they can still get um, not necessarily have very good defense. Yeah. Just, yeah, just because they have Jan Si Jing going on, right? But with rooting, if you're heavy like that and you really got that connection and you keep that connection, somebody putting hands on me, they feel like they're wrestling with a bear. And if you're doing the, if you're a beginner at it, you may feel like you're kind of like bear like yourself, that it's very heavy like that. But as you keep building it, you start to feel fairly normalized, like you're not doing that much. And the, uh, the person on the receiving end feels like they're wrestling with a bear. And it's much harder if you, once you start getting real depth, it's a lot harder for the person to mess with your ability to do it. If I want to mess with somebody doing Jancy Jing, kind of shove them a couple of times and see if they maintain their Jancy Jing. Most of the time they'll come out of it. Doesn't mean they can't build it enough that they're going to keep doing it anyways, but they have to really kind of work at it. With the rooting, there is some of the idea somebody touches you and you pop back up and you train for that. And then once you've got it going on, it's like, well, I'm getting a lot of power from that. And so you very quickly get to where you want to keep the root and you're using the root and you're doing the stuff with the root. And the uh, and there's a lot of power in it. And I find that um, where most jings have sort of their counter jing, there's not a good jing that counters root. Um, not, not one jing by itself. Now, there are some skill sets that are designed to do that. To, to do something about somebody who's got good root and to sever the root and cut the root and affect the root and turn the root off and make it so that they're negating the root somehow and some other things. But as you get better and more and more root and more and more mind skill, E as a mind intent skill, as a result, um, it becomes harder and harder and harder for somebody to do anything about the root. And most other Tai Chi players Tai Chi trend players, if they know that you're really a, like a strong, you have a strong root ability, usually they don't even, if it's a competition, they don't even want to fool with it because they know <clears throat> that they're going to be wrestling with this bear and they're going to have a hard time doing anything about it. And it's one of the skills that it's known that like, if you've got great root, that like 80% of all the rest of the Tai Chi skills are going to fall to somebody who's got superior root if it's truly noticeably more. Anyway, so we build that. We have everybody in our during the course of our things build where they're getting deeper and deeper and deeper into the ground. And then the, you're building the mind intent. And we're going to use that level of e-skill to build, to do, to, to start doing things with e. You actually learn how to manipulate the root. And when you can manipulate root energy into different shapes and forms and directions and expressions, 
And as you, once you gain some size with it, you're able to do that and some skill with it in terms of practice, you're able to do that and use it. And then it becomes a lot easier to utilize and move and, and, and control and use E with other energies, other, other Jing and um, to get a lot of different kinds of expression and a lot of different kinds of effect, and to be able to tie in and to affect that same kind of thing on and with other people. Um, and it also builds when you're doing it properly, the way we're doing it, builds the ting, the sensitivity skill, and starts helping that to get to a very high level. Um, and so we use that as we're using root as a doorway to get us to these higher level skills in these kinds of ways and to build it so that then you begin to do more and more of the energy. And if you are looking at it as a training process, that same training process that you learn from root, then you apply to the other energy uh, training and, and all of that. Um, so I wanted to make sure I got across that much. And then I will give you guys all time to weigh in. Um, and let me, let me say this, these couple of things that I've got here. So the first thing we have to ask is what is a Jing? And a Jing is, it's the definition is that it's your chi, and this includes your physicality uh, at first, and then the energy, and then, your, and then your mind, and then other things directed by your mind, uh, your E, your mind intent into a shape, form, or expression. So it can be like spirals. Okay, so if I'm turning, or waves, if I'm waving, this kind of stuff. It can be things like root where you're dropping and you've got the energy like directional, like that pung is expanding out, um, these kinds of things. It can also be like electric or like electrical or electricity or magnetism, magnetic, um, those kinds of things. And so it's shapes, forms, or expressions of the energy that is directed by your mind. The, uh, so how do we train Jing? It really does depend on the Jing a bit because different Jings have different qualities and different things. And so then some of them have some real specific things you have to do to train them. And often you physically do it first. Not every Jing is like this, but, but a number of them, if they can be done physically, you physically do it. You get it like if it's a wave and you get the wave going on really well from head to toe everywhere for all and through and through in your whole body. And then you get it so that you can do it more completely. And then you get it so that you can do it internally where you're not moving on the, and you do this by going smaller. Like, so at first it might be big and then you're doing it, but it's smaller, but your insides are still doing it as if you were doing it bigger and then smaller and smaller and smaller where on the outside, where there's no movement you can see, but if somebody puts a hand on you, they can feel like you're fully doing it. And you do that to make it internal and that makes it so that you can move it a lot faster. You can move it a lot more with a lot more volume. And the, the speed is the speed of turning it on and the speed of responsiveness to whatever else you're using it with or to do, um, including health applications, um, that kind of thing. The uh, and so how the so I'll open this up to the group now and just for don't make it lengthy lengthy but but at least if there's anything else that you've done with some of the jings that you've trained and I don't mean specifics I mean just like general principle of how you train jing um, you know, what is it that you do 
uh, or something that you've really worked with with the Jing, um, whether that be some kind of a speed aspect or a power aspect or a um, some parameter on it, something that would be doing more with it or that you've done in order to get the Jing to be more and better and those kinds of things. So I'm gonna open that up to you guys and if there's anything specifically you've done or seen or that's really been helpful to you in some way uh, or something that you've done with it that would be useful to the, to those, to the folks listening, by all means, um, share. Yeah, I'll go ahead and jump in on that. Um, what I'd like to say is that I, before I started trading in your system, I didn't know anything about it. And what I really appreciate is the way when you're working on a particular Jing, there are tests that you can use in order to show when it's on and when it's off. And that really gives you a lot of self-confidence as far as testing and showing others as well as yourself that this is really going on. And so because it's something, um, you know, in the beginning, it's a little intangible. Having those tests is a, is a huge game changer so that you can really show the difference. Yeah, and if the tests are definitely, and then we've got our tests for it. And then I always encourage any of our teachers and even the students, if you're going, well, I'm not sure about this figure out other ways to test that Jing so that you can really get that clarity of, okay, is this really happening or not? And ideally as much as you can blind test it. So that way, if it's, well, the reason it's working is because we're all on the same page and we're all thinking the same thing and everybody's cooperating. Um, don't tell the person what you're doing. Make sure the test is something where there's not going to be any harm to anybody and that there's no issue to it, but that, Hey, do this. And then, and then try the, the test and see how it goes, right? Being careful and smart and all that. But, but absolutely, uh, testing it is, is part of it. And it also helps you see where deficiencies are at so that then you can build it better and more. You know, if the test is, is not working for you for some reason or there's an issue with it, then ideally you're able to go, okay, I got to work on this part or I can tell where my mind strength wasn't quite what it needed to be or... I didn't have that energy as thoroughly as I thought I did, whatever it might be. Cool. Thank you. That was, that I was also cool. like the, you know, the ability to quantify and clarify what the Jing should feel like and, you know, how much work you've devoted to that in the system. Because uh, even, even like you'd mentioned the rooting Jing, simple exercise like the gold bar exercise that comes along during the Fagong training. Um, I, I've found that really, really beneficial in bridging that Eastern thought to Western thought uh, in students, you know, um, just being able to visualize the, the heavy bar and sending the weight down the leg and, and eventually into the ground, uh, it makes the, you know, working on rooting a lot more acceptable to the mind because you know as, as martial arts practitioners you know the the body tends to end at the you know the end of your extremity your knuckle your you know your foot but uh you know using tools like like that gold bar exercise help people bridge that gap absolutely so, yeah that and uh also that standing opposite the other person and as you root deeper 
you can feel that uh, that vortex almost uh, draw you into the other person. So pointing out small, you know, small things like that to uh, to help the students learn and accept uh, what's happening. It seemed to seem to be very beneficial. Uh, yeah, I agree. And then, yep. It's one of the neat properties of, of root jing is that it lends itself to the magnetic pretty quickly because you begin to get the feel of like in physics, they show a planet and how that gravity is. They show that if it was on a, on a graph, usually that there's this sinking action and that sinking action has an attraction to it and that the, uh, that that helps to create um, the magnetic energy. It's not all there is to the magnetic, but it's, it's a good start on it. Um, and then there's other things to know for that, but, but it absolutely is lending itself to that as one of the next level kind of energies you can get into because you've got the rooting going on. And then the training exercises for, for each of those things. Um, that is, that is one of the things that I've worked on is that I've got the ways that I was originally taught it but then over the years, and literally since the early 1980s, I've worked on with the different jings. Okay, how do I better, I started teaching in 1985. So for me, it was, okay, how do I make that more relatable to people? And how can I train that so that it really turns on that quality that much more? And are there other ways that people like in today's world are gonna relate to that better than maybe the way that they did it a hundred years ago or more? Um, that would have involved a very different, um, a lot of times involves very different society than what we've got now, where the way they trained it back then made sense to them. But in today's world, it's, it's a bit strange. So um, one of the things that I love about a route and introducing it to people is actually before they're even in class number one, usually in an intro to Tai Chi, which might hook them into wanting to train with you. Root is typically something that you can get everyone to tangibly feel. And because I have them put hands on me and then they feel the drop inside and that it keeps going and going and going. And they see that my height is not changing. And so for those that are really coming to me uh, from the angle of they want better health, it's really apparent right away how the level of relaxation involved in that before we even get to, you know, the energetic side, you're like, wow, you were really letting yourself go. And I'm like, right. When have you ever had, did you know you could relax that much? And then for those that are martially oriented, they're like, oh, holy crap. You know, cause then they say, I go, go ahead and give me a push and, and, and feel that. And they usually have not ex been exposed to root like that. So I find it wins over people on the health side. It wins them over on the martial side. And uh, I love how tangible it really is. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. Cause it lets them see that there's actually something to a reason for training the energy, not just, um, well, isn't that a cool parlor trick? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else? I know we lost some of our folks once the when we lost our internet connection there. So sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. I have something to add, Sifu. Yeah. Um, it's more about training it, and a lot of our people, uh, people in society, are visually oriented, and so what I find is that I encourage them to find a high place and use their mind to go bring their root down to the bottom of it. 
I, I go hiking almost every morning with my dog and uh, get down into the tr trail. We're about 30 feet up. So I, before I go down there, I always make sure I've dropped my route all the way 30 feet down. Or when I visit my daughter, there's a cliff that's probably about 200 feet up. And so I go to that cliff and I try to drop my route all the way down to the bottom of the cliff. And so I have that visual aid to help me move it. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I think that I think that people need that too. I think that if they can't relate to it, it's hard. Right. And so it's what can we do to make it relatable? Absolutely. And that's part of what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Anybody else? Oh, well, I would just say, um, oh, Phil, go ahead. So one of the things that uh, Sifu, you mentioned in, in our Zoom class was that in terms of, you know, why is the route so, so important was that you explained that without route, it's harder to learn the internal connections. I think so. And, and with the route, it makes it much easier. And it has to do with what Harry was talking about. Um, you know, for the internal connections. And so like for even what Ty was saying too, like if you're picturing the bottom, you're dropping your root down there. Now keep that and feel what does the inside of my body feel like? And can I feel the, some of the stretching that's going on and then some of the releasing that's having to go on. So sort of both there um, in order to, yeah. And so, and then the internal connections that you're talking about, they become real important as you get into other aspects of what Tai Chi and Tai Chi Twin are up to. Right, and then it would, what seemed what it seemed to me, and trying to wrap my hand around it was that in, in many cases rooting sort of feeds the energy of the other gins. And it can, it, it can. There's other you could definitely do. There's jings where you don't need to do rooting stuff, and there are other jings that you can use to fuel sort of power or fuel stuff. Right. Um, at the same time. There are, once you, you start off learning the jings individually, normally, and then um, in some cases they begin to expand or to move into other jings. So there's some of that. But the other thing that happens, you can take two jings and put them together and do both of them at the same time. And then ultimately you're going to do that more and more. And eventually like four and five and six and seven and eight and 10 and 12 James, all happening at once. And if you get enough of the right ones together, that's where you start seeing these master level skills where they're reaching out with the finger and doing what looks like think, touching somebody and the person looks like they got shot or something where they really are getting, you know, exploded out of a cannon, whatever it is, it's because that amount of energy being used in those kinds of ways starts to have those kinds of impressive results. And even with the root, the energy of rooting itself, if it's enough and used properly, it can be pretty, pretty strongly powerful all on its own. But you start mixing that with a couple of other odd and things going on and it starts to get impressive real quick, like, like unusual and, and impressive real quick. Right. And, and so it seemed like as we were learning steel wrapped in cotton, that a lot of the, a lot of the effectiveness of steel wrapped in cotton was, was reinforced by how well we could develop the root. Absolutely, because steel wrapped in cotton, although there's ways to do it where you're not really rooting, 
you, you do have to get your energy to line up in certain kinds of ways, your internal body to start acting in certain kinds of ways. And the root really facilitates that really easily. And now though there are some other ways to do it, um, the root is, I think, one of the easier ways for people to normally right. do it. Um, so yeah, yes. And now a word from our sponsor. For those of you who are interested in internal power and want a reliable place to start, and for anyone who wants to experience internal power for themselves, go to internalpowerguide.com. I built a crash course in hands-on internal power. The practical guide to internal power is a work at your own pace online program. It is the course I use to get students from zero to 60 as quickly as possible. And it is totally free. So sign up at internalpowerguide.com now and get started right away. That's internalpowerguide.com. I, I was just going to say, um, I found that working with rooting um, as with what all the energies or chains, um, I needed to, and it's probably common practice, just sort of visualize and, and think of doing it and imagine the um, energy going down and through you and into you as, as part of you. And I realized that the more I thought of this, and I guess this is a natural progression, but the more I thought of dropping the root and, and going downwards, um, I would start to, along with all the other practices, start to actually feel the energy going through me and, and down and it was almost sort of a physical manifestation. But, but as I um, was thinking about this, I also felt how um, my, my E was developing also as I was working on the rooting and it sort of, they, they worked together to help develop each, other, each skill. Yeah, what I find is that at some point in practice, if somebody's really doing the work, if you put your mind if you start thinking about the thing in a certain kind of way, it automatically turns on that jing, and it, and it's and, it, and it's very mind-driven. Where really your mind, you know, so that it really turns that thing on. And it's kind of like if somebody starts thinking about something that makes them angry, and their body starts taking on physiological changes, or they start thinking about something that makes them really serenely calmly happy and the body follows state to that mind thing well that's true for the energies and for the jings as well that when you've trained them enough then your mind kind of gets used to this is the place where that happens and you get your mind to that place or you start to think about it or in a certain way and it turns on a lot of times for the jnc jing and the spiraling and the coiling type energies if i just start thinking about it my internal start in a certain way my body inside starts moving for that and I don't, I'm not trying to move anything. Uh, it's kind of like if you think about somebody throwing a, a fist at your face, if you, you know, that there's a tendency to want to, to pull your body back. And if you can visualize that enough, it's kind of like when somebody, even if a fly or something moves across, whoa, you know, and they're having a whole body response because they're, because they felt like what it is to get something in your eye before. And so they feel like, and so their body's having that kind of a response. And yet, why did their body have that response now? Because the thing got close and your mind had a response and your body responded to it. 
And so it's the same idea, except instead of it being that, where it's a sort of an emergency response of a certain kind, it's a response to training where you've got that thing, you know, it's, uh, somebody who's fought a lot or who has any other activity that they do a lot, there's a mindset usually in a, in a physical preparation for that and their mind already starts going there if they've done it enough times um, to do that. And so it's that kind of a thing so that your mind turns it on and then it starts activating and doing more and more just because you're thinking about it in that right way. Um, and, it, and it becomes part of the mind development to the, to the energy and then your physiological responses to that um, as you've trained them both for health and for the self-defense. So yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. Um, what is root? Right. So, uh, so when we talk about rooting and root and what you're dropping and something is going down into the ground and you get it to go deeper and deeper and more and more volume as well and width as well, once you've trained it and then you're training and the ability to manipulate it, what is root itself? What is it? What is your experience of it? Or how would you try to, somebody's, you got somebody walked in the door, they've never trained this before and you're, you're, and let's say they're, they came for push hands. They didn't even come for the other training. They, they, they heard this push hands is great. Maybe they do some other kind of martial art or something. And they thought, hey, this might be useful for me. And I want more power. Um, I had a football, a pro football player come study for me where this is what he wanted. He knew that the guy that brought him was another martial artist from our area. He brought him to my school in Tampa. And he said, this guy is a, line, is a lineman. He needs a bunch of power. He weighed 315 pounds. And I've gathered that you've got skills for that what would you teach him? And I'm like, yeah, well, the rooting and the push hands, if he's got that on the line, that's going to be serious. And I, and we started off by me pushing him. And even though he was 315 and I was about 180, um, he went 15 feet in one direction and then came back in and pushed again. And he went 15 feet in the other direction. And then dude went, yeah. And like came trotting up to me. And I was like, Oh my God, here it comes. You know, this kind of a thing. Uh, and I did that, but it was like, well, what is this you're teaching me to do? And so how do you talk to somebody like that who's coming in the door in this first day or pretty early on and you're teaching them about rooting? What do you tell them it is? What is, what is rooting? What is root? Uh, maybe I'll start this one just because I, I had something happen in class the other day. Um, I get a lot of guys, like you said, with the formal, the different martial arts training. And I have a fella that had, you know, a bit of uh, judo, uh, judo training and wrestling. And he, you know, I showed him the route and he said, oh, my God. He said, that's that's like as soon as I got into, uh, you know, a, a judo competition or, um, you know, I was fighting with somebody, I would just bend my knees and drop my center of gravity. And again, you know, that's the, like the, uh, the Western thought of it was, well, my center of gravity went from my chest to my belly. Mm -hmm. I said, well, imagine doing that, but dropping that center of gravity down below the ground and how much, how much more solid you feel 
and how much more connected to the to the ground and unmovable you are. So we, the Olympic, know. the top of the the top elite Olympic judo players. I don't know about anymore, but used to be, they did train that. Uh-huh. By the way, and I knew that because I had met some, and they were doing it. I was like, "Where'd you get this?" And he was like, "Well, at the Olympic facility, for the judo coaches at the like the world class level, this is part of what you're supposed to do." And then, yeah. So, anyways, and then you guys, Jim, you and uh, and I think uh, Mark there um we're doing a bit of that with the um with the wrestling and the jujitsu too where you were getting that weight to sink out of your body and onto the other person uh, and then training that where I've, I've met other people that are again we're not talking about your just normal basic low level version but at the high level people are doing that if you get somebody that really is trained in it they know how to put that weight on there where even a guy that weighs not that heavy 150 pounds feel it feels like he's dropped a ton on you and it's, it's yeah. penetrating into you. So go ahead. Yeah. So, so you said you had the guy. Yeah. And it, it, yeah go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was, uh, even, uh, we have, uh, an older group of people that we were, uh, we were teaching, uh, offsite at, uh, at another location. And I went over the routing with them and they were one of the, you know, they're 70 plus years old. Um, you know, they brought in an article that was written by, um, oh gosh, I think he was a, a physiologist or something where they talk about uh, the human body and, and the different uh, ways of movement. And the article actually addressed ice skaters and how just by learning to ice skate, you know, if you think about an ice skating blade on top of ice, there's really nothing as far as physics that explain how you can keep that thin blade from sliding around on the ice. Yeah. And, you know, the, the writer of the article explained, you know, there is a certain point where psychologically you are rooting yourself through the ice skates into or below the ice. So I, I, I thought that was even in other sports like hockey and, and figure skating and, you know, they, they have these different phenomena that, that almost tie in or explain the different concepts of the Tai Chi. Absolutely. I saw, um, I saw, I went to a hockey game that was the, I want to tell you it was Philadelphia and I don't remember who the other team was. It might've been Tampa Bay or, or somebody there, but it was hockey team. And Philadelphia was the, uh, the winner the championship winner that year for the hockey and the guy that was their goalie was a guy named Hextall. And I was looking at Hextall from the beginning of the game. He was rooted and he was rooted like down into the ground through the ice the whole time, like, like at a, at a, towards a world class, like a very high level of it. And so that when the other team came down there and they tried to run into him, they were running into a, he was a brick wall of them and you could see it. I could see it looking at him. Um, and then enough of the other players had towards that kind of an energy going on that I was like, I can see why these guys are the, are the championship winners, because if anybody comes and they're not as rooted as these guys are just that part, um, they're going to feel like they're wrestling with bears every time they touch one of these guys. It was, it was obvious. So cool. Yeah. Die. 
Now, the Broad Street Bullies. I used to follow them very much. The Broad the Street Bullies? Team. Yes. What is what is that? That's the hockey team from Philly. Oh, Actually, oh, that's their nickname. Ah, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Too funny. Cool. I was I was really happy. I haven't watched a lot of hockey games, but I was pretty happy to go see that. So that was that was neat. Cool. Anybody else? What else? What? How do? You, what do you tell? What would you? How would you explain root to somebody? What would you tell them it is? Or and I don't mean somebody that's been doing it for a little bit. I'm talking about somebody that came in the door and what is this? And what do you mean you're dropping your weight and that kind of thing? So I grab a stick from stick fighting. And I show them, I, I put it on the, the floor and I, and I, well, not on the floor. I say, imagine it's on the floor and I pound it down just a hair. I go, that's what you got right now. Just naturally. We can push that right over. But if I take that and pound it way down, all of a sudden you're having a real hard time pushing that stick over. In fact, it, it could be next to impossible depending. Um, so that's very much what this is. And I tell them it starts physically you're gonna physically be dropping your your like um you know when you're in biology class they got this the skeleton well imagine you're just meat hanging on those bones and that's what happens and then as you continue it turns into a more energetic thing as well um and you will continue to develop that with the training yeah, because if they can feel the hanging, then they'll start to get a sense of the energy, of the movement of the energy, and then you can kind of talk to them and to and explain, you know, get them to okay, keep doing that, drop more. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yes, yeah, that's good stuff. The uh, I like the one where for the stick, where one of the analogies I've used is that ideally, one of the reasons you want root is because if you're six foot tall and it was a six foot stick, and we've got one inch of that stick down into the ground, and somebody pushes it that one inch isn't going to stop the whole stick from going over. But if it's a 30 foot stick and you can see six feet of it standing above the ground and it's a solid stick, let's say it's a metal pole and you push on that on the part that's above the ground, as long as the ground's reasonably solid, um, you're going to feel like there's no way you're moving that anywhere because the other uh, 24 feet of it are solidly down in the ground where, you know, it's going to be real hard to move that out of there and there isn't, and the leverage is all going to be against you. So, yeah, cool. Anybody else? I like to do the demonstration where um, they're pushing, right? If they push on me and I don't have root and then I put my root down and they continue to push, they're going to feel the difference, right? So then they experience it firsthand. And then what I have them do is to just have their hands on me without any pushing. And then I drop root without any other movement and see if they can sense what's happening inside of me. And a lot it. of times they do. And that's one of their first experiences with internal is the root. So it's a very impressive demonstration for them to uh, understand what we're referring to when we talk about internal energy. Yeah. If they've got a big cat that's kind of a lazy cat and doesn't want to be picked up, that's always fun because it's like, you know, that, that if it, it'll pick up sometimes and it's light, but then it doesn't want to be picked up. And it's just like, you know, the cat goes from feeling like it weighs nothing to weighing you know, 30 pounds or more, it's like, okay, how's it doing that? And then same thing if they've got a little kid, um, that kind of a thing and go, what's going on there? That's what we're duplicating. Um, and then the difference is that they're doing it at a natural basic sort of a level and we're wanting to get that going on and then turn that, and then that's like one level of it, but there's a hundred more levels uh, deep of, 
what you can kind of do there with that um, because that's just that's just an unlike for the animal that's just the basic level of them doing it and they haven't had to train it to do it deeper than that one of the best people i had for root was a guy that went bass fishing all the time and he would stand up in the boat and where he straddled the where his feet were towards the side both sides of the boat and he's standing on the boat on the water and he would have to keep rooted and balanced in order not to have the boat flip over with him, especially if he was catching a fish and his route was impeccable, like coming in the door. Um, but the other thing is, is that instead of doing it in the ground, it was like he could feel the bottom of the boat in the water, which was below water level, right? To help him to get, so he, so the idea that he was getting down like that was less, uh, less strange for him than it is for a lot of folks when they first see it, first hear it, first feel it. Cool. So what I what I what I oh, found as far as root when I first introduce it to someone is uh, I guess I don't go there immediately because a lot of people are not going to be able to get it. Right. So instead, what I do is I'll do the, the the pushing game where you know we're equal, and then I start dropping. And all of a sudden I become immovable and they go, well, how is this happening? But they can't, they can't wrap their brain around it. And then what I do is I focus more on the, the Wu Chi 10 points uh -huh. doing those properly. And they can feel, and I place myself just under them, wherever they're at. Yeah. And then as they're doing the points better, they can tell that they get more durable. Do you know what I mean? I kind of yeah. almost feel like I got to ease into the idea. What'd you say? The last part? I, I feel like I have to kind of prep them or ease them into the idea. Sure. Uh, you know what I mean? Because root is kind of kinesthetic. It is very much. Yeah. And most people are visual mm -hmm. learners. So. Yeah. And part of what Tai Chi is trying to get into with that body mind connection is that this is all inside of you. So if you're trying to do that with your eyes, it's a tough thing to begin with. Right. And so it is taking people where we're such a visual society, what we're always looking at screens and telling them, hey, you need to spend some time on what's going on inside of you and, and making that better and stronger and, and more resilient and better connected and, and connected both within itself, body, your body parts to your body parts, but also body to mind um, in that way. And that there's a lot of health in that too. A lot of people go, well, okay, so the, that heaviness with the root, it's, it's really great for the martial thing, but then what about the health? And there's a strong health component happening there as well. So cool. And yeah, I like, I like what you're saying with it. Um, the, uh, yep. One of the things that a lot of people don't know is that Pung, Pung being that expanding, that root also lends itself to what I consider to be the true Pung Jing, because there's Pung Li, Pung physical, which is like the shape that people call Pung, but that's not Pung Jing. That's just the shape that's been to sort of represent Pung. And then there's Pung uh, Qi, where you actually have the energy on, like in the Wu Qi position, and the energy is connected, and there's some Pung in there because your shape is filled energetically, energy-wise. And then there's Pong, um, 
E, where your mind is starting to get the idea of, hey, I've got this expanded. There's the basic version and it goes to more advanced versions. The, uh, this expansive quality everywhere going out. And then the Peng Jing actually is that when they feel you, the energy itself, the Jing is actually expanding outward. And so the easiest way I found that is to have a proper root dropping. And then like the way I show it is I take a glass of water that's full and I take an object that will sink to the bottom and I drop it in the water and then, or I push something in there like another cup a lot of times and I start pushing it down and you see the water flowing up over the sides. And then with that water that's adhering, but flowing out and over, that's the pump. That's the expansiveness going outward because of the pressure down causing that. And when you have the root and the other Wu Qi principles and things going on, it creates Pung in that way. And that's a more appropriate Pung for what Pung really is, as opposed to just, hey, I'm pushing my arms out with my posture here that I'm calling Pung, which is, which is baby beginner level. You have to start somewhere, but, but not something that somebody who's been doing Tai Chi for five years, this should not be what they're calling Pung anymore. They're going, yeah, that's Pung for, that's the baby version. That's, that's so you could get started. But that's not Pung. The Pung is actually, you feel the whole thing having that expansive quality all around you head to toe in every direction you know as, as if you're as, a, as if you're in a 360 360 degree ball you know sphere and that whole sphere is expanding and how do you get it so that it's systemic like that head to toe everywhere truly moving outward like that energetically and i find that, that the drop of the root is one of the prop with other proper principles going on is one of the easiest ways to actually get that energy properly doing Peng Jing. Anyways, other questions or thoughts or not questions, but points? I, I'll weigh in if uh, that's all right. Hey, Matt. <laughs> so I love talking about root and I have used, I think every single one of the techniques and analogies that people have brought up and the methods that people have already mentioned on the call. Um, depending on the circumstances, because people, you know, different people relate to it differently. Um, and different people kind of connect into the concept uh, at first in different kind of ways. The only other things that I've said to people that I've found have been useful, depending on the circumstances, um, have been like, uh, sometimes I'll, uh, I'll, I'll relate it to, um, if people are familiar with the civil rights movement and the kind of the passive um, you know, peaceful demonstrations um, and sit-ins and, you know, things like that that are still happening now, the, the, where, where the demonstrators would just basically try to go limp. Um, and an interesting thing happens is that if you are uh, tense anywhere, one person normally, or at most two, can really easily kind of move you off the scene. But if you really extra relax and go limp and just feel heaviness sit down to the ground just just gravity pulling you and just let that be what's going on it takes sometimes four or five people to move just one person out and so these demonstrations got to be kind of effective because it just took a long time to clear them out um and uh and so that and that was a that was kind of my earliest awareness of this sort of principle 
at play. And at that level, it's more like kind of a sack of flour. Like people can relate to that pretty easily. If you've got, um, you know, a 50 pound barbell, there's a struggle or, you know, and even a 20, 20 pound barbell, there's a certain amount of struggle that it takes to lift that. But if you've got a 20 pound sack of flour and you're trying to lift that from like a corner or something, it's got a whole different kind of a pull to it because it's loose and can shift a little bit internally. Um, and so that's at, at the first level, that's what's kind of going on, but that's really just sung. And where root really gets interesting is when it goes below the ground. And that was one of my first Tai Chi experience. That was my, one of my earliest exposures to Tai Chi was a conversation with a teacher I had who told me about root. And I was a very kind of scientific, rationally minded kid. And I basically went, yeah, I think they're making that up. Um, because what he said, said, he said that, that guy studied from T.T. Liang, correct? Yeah, I found that out later. Um, yeah. okay. well, well, I mean, I didn't know. I, I found that out at the time, but I didn't know who that was. Um, and so uh, um, the uh, but yeah, he uh, he told me about Root and he, he said he couldn't feel it, but that the guys in his class swore that they could feel this stuff below the ground and that they could influence it with each other and that they could use it to make them more powerful or cut off the opponent's like energy source and make him weaker and that they could feel this and that it was like that they really that it really was a thing and that they that the other guys in his class talked about it and that like they were developing that skill and um and he said that it was that tai chi was known for that and um and he kind of said like he basically left it up in the air where for me where he was like i've not experienced it like that but I know a lot of people who swear that that's going on, uh, but I'm not so sure, um, you know, you'll, I guess you'll have to see someday. And, um, and I just immediately was like, well, that's, I'm sure there, there's something to that, but there's like, there's physical tricks involved and they're getting better leverage points and kind of subtle body movements and more relaxation leading to that kind of sack of flower effect and whatever else it was. And it wasn't really until I started playing with root in this system and developing it this way, where the way that we're encouraged to do and feeling it with the other person at first through physical contact, um, which makes it really easy and accessible to kind of tell, like, do I feel like I could push him or not? And then you try and you get the feedback immediately, whether or not you were right. And so you build it that way. And then over time, you start to develop a feel for it where you don't have to have hands-on with a person to tell how deep their root is and whether or not they're rooted deeper than you. And, um, and, and you can tell things about it. The ability to do that. And the shape of it, if they have the ability to manipulate the shape of it. Right. Yeah. And you can feel things about it at a distance and you can manipulate people's root at a distance and have very real effect, um, which I got to experience firsthand a couple of years ago um, when Harry, uh, at the Tai Chi Gala without touching me, um, manipulated my route where I was doing an eyes closed standing on one leg thing. And on one leg I was good. And then on the other leg, I just couldn't get it. I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it. And then I heard Harry snicker off to the side and I looked and sure. And, you know, I opened my eyes just long enough to see that it was Harry. And he, I could tell that he was influencing my route from where he was sitting from across the room and then once i knew that was happening then i could feel it and then i could counter it and then i was able to stay there even though he was trying to influence it um but those are the those are the kind of things that can happen with it and um and i've got all sorts of stories about root 
where it really does go there. Um, it really is a thing. There really is substance to it that you can perceive. I don't um, know, Matt. I think this is a bunch of woo-woo garbage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and for the and for <laughs> you know it's not. Oh, boy. Was a uh, yeah. Was a indoor student of T.T. Liang for ten years, and then in the Wu style, um, when they taught, taught, and rooting was part of it. And then there's this famous video where he's in a courtyard. Um, the uh, what's my computer doing here? Hold on a second. The, uh, and so uh, anyway, so then there was this famous video of him in the courtyard and he is like doing stuff with everybody that comes up. And I've talked to people who were there present when that actually happened. And they said that his mind is E and his root actually covered the entire courtyard. And so you, if you watch that video like close, you see him doing some stuff with people where he's basically not, it looks like he's touching them. And some of them he is, a number of them he is, but there's at least one guy that comes up. He's doing stuff to the dude and he's not touching him. And, and he had to do, he had him, you can tell he had him when the guy was walking up to him. And it's because he had him because his mind and the root were underneath the people. So he had them as they were on their way up to them, up to him, uh, before they ever made any kind of contact at all, including manipulating the one guy and he didn't touch him. And it looks like he's touching them if you don't know and you're just kind of casually watching it. But if you're watching like a hawk, you'll see one guy comes up and he's doing stuff to the dude. And he does not touch him. Um, but it's because it's because of that root and the mind, the E, and the way he's got it covered in the area that that's happening. Cool. All right, guys. Um, so I found, I've done a bunch of testing on root because one of the questions that gets asked that has to do with Tai Chi in general is, um, is, is Chi, and it's one of the bigger questions that gets asked out there, right? Is Chi real? Is Chi really a thing? Um, and we'll come back to that. What I need to do is give you a word from our sponsor real quick and promote the root of internal power on clearmartialarts.com. And if you haven't checked out that video or seen that video, please go check it out. It will teach about the kinds of things we're talking about here and give you training stuff you can do at home to actually build that skill. And that's at clearmartialarts.com. Thank you. All right. So one of the bigger questions is, is Chi real or is that all BS and it's all just physical principles and or is it just your mind and that's what's doing, you know, what's going on and what's real and what's happening and how's it happening and why is it happening and how much of it is it's really just things, whatever physiological process or the physics and that kind of a thing going on and that stuff. And so I did at some point I got asked this in a way where I went, okay, it's time. I've been working with this. I had got to where I had high level things going on with root. And I went, well, so is it my mind doing that? Or is it the energy doing that, that my mind is directing what's really happening here? And I knew enough about it and was able to do enough things about it that I started devising tests specifically to find out what I could about the properties of it. What is it? 
And the answers that I came back with is that when you're dropping root, it actually is chi. You're building chi when you're dropping root and building root and refining and doing all those things. And you're also building your E and your E is controlling the root energy, but it is that state of affairs, which by the way, is how Chinese medicine for the parts of this that they would talk about. That is how they say it, which is the mind is first, the chi follows your mind, and then the physical body follows the energy. And that's the order of events in Chinese medicine. And it fits that model exactly. Um, and so, um, and so there is that. And so anyways, so for what that's worth, hopefully that's, that's useful to you at home. If you're curious about that kind of thing. Um, all right. Was there anything else? Anybody else would I, anybody would like to add today? If not, and I, and if you have anything, I want you to add it. Um, but if not, we're going to end here and then we'll pick this up in the next session next week. But anything I have else my I have yeah, my quick ahead. little spiel on root that I typically give to beginners. Like I got a little off track there trying to, to fill in other kinds of answers to that question. But um, if I'm really telling a beginner like why they should do, not trying to explain what it is, but like why they should work on that skill or what, you know, that, that body of training, what I tell them is that root directly connects to almost every other important skill set in Tai Chi, and it will help improve those things, whatever it is that you're working on, um, you know, your structure, it, it pulls you into better alignment, like at a certain point, you can't root further until you're better aligned. Um, and the heaviness that. of it will tend to kind of pull you into better alignment. And, uh, and that better alignment allows for more relaxation and, and that more relaxation allows for more flow, which then gives you that deeper root there, but they're all connected to each other. And so a lot of people are working on different kinds of aspects of the Tai Chi. And then when you add in root training, it syncs up a whole bunch of pieces, like all at once. And because it is that sort of gateway to, um, chi sensitivity that really kind of easy gateway for people to get that that sort of first door into into real chi level sensitivity it goes to those other places so for people who are especially interested in that it's an obvious um you know why they would want to start with that training um and do that but um but for other folks it, it really just it's going to improve your tai chi overall um like just, just from head to toe, anybody who's already done a little Tai Chi or is interested in doing Tai Chi um, should really spend some time early on focusing on root and develop it more and better. And it just, it, it, it'll, it'll, it's one of those skills that just pays off more and more and more dividends as you go. Um, and, uh, and, the, and the one last thing that I did mean to say earlier was from the perspective of a clear Tai Chi teacher specifically, I don't normally actually bring up root for beginners because it's not in clear Tai Chi level one. Like if they're just coming in for the push hands, then it's right there. And then I bring it up. That's one of the first things in the push hands, but in the regular yeah. class, um, the pendulum swinging is getting you into some of that. And that's level. right. That's how, that's what I was going to say is that's how There's I the ground and under the ground and that's getting you to some of that too. Yes. And then, so once it's time to talk about root, 
those students have already done some of that. And so they're familiar with the feeling of moving energy below the ground and, and having your mind kind of hold a weight that's attached to you like below the ground and feeling the pull of that and feeling the swing of that. They're already used to all of that. And so it's not really that much of a leap. It's just continue doing that and feel these other qualities and feel it bigger and feel it flowing and, you know, all the stuff. Um, More and faster. And, yeah. and feel the effect that it has on other people and the effect it has on you when, when other people are trying to push you. And that, that then, you know, translates into these other skill sets. But yeah, um, Or breaks. We don't have people in the early part of the Tai Chi break a lot, but, you know, boards and stuff. But then once you've really got serious root going on and you do a board break versus doing one without, it's a noticeable giant kind of a big difference between those yeah. two things. So, yeah. Cool. Yep. Yep. Anybody else? Okay. Um, so again, the word from our sponsor, uh, the root, there's the root of internal power. And that's the video you want if you want to pick up on a bunch of the things we're talking about and get some root training. And the, uh, it's at clearmartialarts.com. Uh, thanks, everybody. And thanks for watching the, uh, our podcast, vidcast here. And we'll be bringing more to you. And uh, thanks for bearing with us today. And um, more next time. And if you guys uh, that are on the call had any questions or anything for me, then you can stay on after we're done recording and all that. So. Thank you, Seafood. Good session. Thank you. And now, a word from our sponsor. What is internal power? Most people only understand external exerting power, which is another way of saying tense muscle strength. Bigger, more tense muscles equal more power. That's external power. Internal power comes from pretty much anything except tensing your muscles. There are many sources of internal power, and tapping into them is more of a mind skill than anything else. This is where the phrase mind over matter comes from. My name is Richard Clear, and internal power is what I do. Students come to me for the mind over muscle secrets of internal power that are hard to find anywhere else. Over the past 40 years, I figured out how to get students on the fast track to effortless power. I created a one-of-a-kind online program that is getting such amazing results for my students that I put a money-back guarantee on it. Find out more at internalpowerkeys.com. That's internalpowerkeys.com. Thank you.